What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and my other hosts, as always, are Callum Wiggins. Yep. And Robert DeFelice. Hello. So, what we're going to be doing here is we're going to do a brand new segment. This is uh, Wrestling is 2020. And the basic idea behind this is something that we've talked about a couple of different times before over the course of the past uh, three months or so of, um, you know, trying to think of some new things for the year and to try to play into the 2020 theme and and ended up morphing into something a little bit different where it's not like specifically we're only going to do this in 2020. It's actually going to continue on past that if we really like the concept. And of course, if you really like the concept, but what this is, is a play off of the phrase hindsight is 2020. And Funny enough, we're actually recording this uh, in advance, so we're going the opposite way of what this makes sense for. We're actually doing this in the first, and you guys are going to be listening to it a little bit later on in the week. So if anything changes, then that's why we don't reference it or something. But um, what we're doing here is we're not 100% sure. We're going to try to see how it goes. The basic idea is the pitch of if you knew now – Uh, Back then, what you know now for different things in professional wrestling history, would you change anything? And I know that I've put something up about this on the Mega Maniacs, trying to get some different topic ideas from people over the course of uh, the past month or so. And there seemed to be a little bit of a confusion with that. So I want to clarify that before we even start diving into this here. But one of the ideas that people were kind of confused about was that this was a what if type of thing. And it is to a certain extent, but it's not quite as people were interpreting it. It's not a matter of, hey, what if uh, so-and-so would have been fake diesel instead? Because that's not a hindsight thing as much as what we're going for here. What we're going for is more of, well, if you would have known that the fake razor and fake diesel stuff would have been awful, would you have bothered to do that to begin with? Or... I know we have got a plenty of different other suggestions out there, but hey, if you would have known that Chris Benoit would have done what he did, would you have given him the Royal Rumble win and the championship at WrestleMania 20? Or would you have tried not to push him that far or, you know, different kind of topics like that? So we do have a lot of different ideas and we, I don't know who knows when we're going to get around to doing a bunch of them, but um, we have one that I figured would be a good way to start off. And that one is kind of tied into the idea that we just recently had the Royal Rumble and Drew McIntyre won. He is going to be challenging Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 36. And there's a lot of uh, discussion about the idea of like passing the torch, having him win, moving on, winning that title at Mania, that kind of a thing. And yeah, it's got me thinking about a bunch of different times that we've had Brock Lesnar in the past at WrestleMania. And one of them being... The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. So, again, before we get into this, uh, that's just a generic sort of setup. And before we start giving our own thoughts, I want to know what your thoughts thoughts are. Thoughts are. What are your thoughts about that random R in the middle of that word? Uh, drop a comment below and tell us what you would do with the benefit of hide and sight. And you can do that with the YouTube uh, channel. If you go over there and you subscribe, if you haven't done that already, 
and you ring that little bell for the notifications and you like the video, if you're doing all that kind of stuff, drop a comment. Tell us your thoughts on our ideas and what your ideas would be. If you are on the audio-only platforms like the Spotify feed or Stitcher or the Apple Podcast or Google Podcasts or any of those kind of things, there aren't comments sections. So if you don't want to leave a comment on YouTube, another way that you can do that is to go to the page that has this on smartgutmoment.com and drop a comment there because that's another way to just kind of keep the discussion going. So without that out of the way, before we start just getting into more and more different kinds of plugs... This concept in general, um, let's talk about what happened, so that way we can set the framing device for this. Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. We're going in, it's uh, 21-0, if I'm remembering correctly with Undertaker, correct? Yeah, yes. because uh, the famous line afterwards is the whole, he's the one in 21-1. and one. Right, and how were you guys feeling at the time heading into this? Did it seem like Brock had a chance at actually winning? Was he actually your favorite? Or did you think like I thought, where it was just, okay, it's a big challenge for The Undertaker, but, I mean, it's Taker, he's going to win. This felt like Brock, who had just come off of the Triple H feud, I think he had beaten the big show with a chair at the Royal Rumble. And I just thought, okay, Brock is going through the legends. And he's going to lose because he had, and up until that point, he hadn't been booked like Brock Lesnar. He was just sort of booked like a guy. And Taker, you know, doesn't lose a mania. So it felt like a given. And I really felt like the build wasn't anything special. So for me, it was like I was sleeping on this match completely. Yeah, this was a poorly built Undertaker match. The only moment that I can remember from the entire build of it was the choke slam through the contract signing table. And right, because he stabbed him with the pen. That's the yeah. only thing I remember as well. And that was about it, really. And the rest of it was just like happenstance, really. I mean, Undertaker was already kind of on the way out in terms of he'd fought Sam Punk at WrestleMania 29 and then had had a few... I think he had that matches with The Shield... Like, uh, with uh, Team Hell No. Yeah, he did that, and then did a one-on-one with Ambrose, and then he was again. Yeah, Yeah, put through the table by the shield, and then just disappeared off the face of the earth until uh, this match came about. And I guess there was always kind of a little inkling that it might have been Lesnar being the one to choose to do it, but as Rob said, he hadn't been booked as, like, the killer that beats everybody in front of him. He'd lost lost his debut match against John Cena. He'd had a 50-50 feud with Triple H. So, yeah, it's just it just seemed like just another p- big challenge for The Undertaker that he would overcome. And then maybe they'd do a rematch at SummerSlam where Brock Lesnar would get the win and then Lesnar would be away, that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, that SummerSlam idea is definitely one of the things that was going through my mind because it was like, well, The Undertaker has gone through 21 people at WrestleMania. He's going to win. And Brock can always get his win back at literally any other time i mean they have backlash they have payback they have whatever you know event what was the one that followed that anybody know off the top of their head it doesn't really matter but that followed uh extreme rules followed that yeah i mean even that alone extreme rules is a perfect environment to have brock versus undertaker in some kind of street fight or whatever and that brock wins and then they sort of take the ball from there and they run with that as like 
all right, he beat the crap out of The Undertaker, and he sent The Undertaker away for the next bunch of months, because this is also around the time where Undertaker had been, he's still a part of the mix, but more than he is now, but he still was taking lots of time off. And they pretty easily could have had two matches, and then he gets his ass, not, not his ass beat, but like, he gets taken out in some kind of way at Extreme Rules so that Undertaker can take the rest of the year off and come back around WrestleMania time again. It's like the writing was on the wall, essentially, in my mind, especially because if you're coming out of the big show thing, the momentum's not really there. It's not like it's like, you know, he beat uh, John Cena in his prime back when he was fighting like Umaga and Greek Kali and beating absolutely every monster, then you'd be like, oh my God, this guy's actually beating the people that are at the top. Yeah, he beat the crap out of Big Show. I mean, plenty of people have beaten the crap out of Big Show. It's not the biggest, most important thing in the world. So why would you think that he's going to go on and actually end The Undertaker's undefeated streak? Like, that's just, they're not parallels. And... Of course, now we know what happened, you know, we're watching it at the time, and I guess that's sort of the next thing that we can get into is actually what went down. Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, they have their match, and it doesn't go down the way that you would think that it would, uh, both as far as the match outcome and the match. And we know that Undertaker got injured during this. He suffered a concussion, and that really hindered the way that a lot of that went. But at the end of it, Brock Lesnar, he hits his F5 and one, two, three, and everybody just kind of stops for a moment. And we got that infamous visual of the, uh, the Brock Lesnar guy reaction where he's just wide-eyed and mouth open and plenty of people just stunned. And here I am, I'm typing up my uh my review results reaction type of stuff and i'm not even you know looking at the count at the time because i'm like oh he's gonna kick out like it's you know it's the undertaker getting pinned he's gonna kick out and type in something i forget what probably type in like oh the match isn't working all that well because undertaker looks like he's kind of injured and then one two three wait what wait three oh there must have been a, a false count no okay they're gonna do something like like restart the match or something and and no, <laughs> it just, that's it. He lost. Go home. What were yeah. you guys thinking? I think this is one of those moments that is truly going to live on in the minds of anybody that was watching it live because I had the same feeling where it was like, I was watching it with somebody who's, stream had been just maybe five seconds it was five seconds ahead of mine and she started freaking out i hate this company i'm like okay you're kidding because there's no way oh oh well i don't know what to do now (laughs) like undertaker lost it just didn't feel right at the time yeah it was it's one of those few moments where you're just literally shocked by what you're seeing in front of you. And I don't, I feel like most shock was kind of lessened because it was the third F5. And I know even though it's the Undertaker WrestleMania, as soon as he hit that third F5, I thought, well, oh my God, the streak's about to end. And then it did. And it's, it's still 
resonates and it's still shocking. I just felt, oh my God, they're actually like, as soon as he gets him up for the third one, I think, oh my God, they're ending here. So that's when the real shock and realization kind of hit me even before the free count hit. But yeah, you can, you could tell by everybody's expression, the fact that they didn't play Lesnar's music for a good long time after the free count to just let the feeling sink in. <laughs> it, I mean, the match itself was bad. In terms of how they framed it after the free count, it looked, considering that's what they were going to do, they probably handled it the best they possibly could. But yeah, obviously what we're going to talk about is what we're going to talk about. But yeah, it was definitely one of the most shocking moments of the past decade and probably in WrestleMania history. I can go so far as to say it's one of the most shocking moments in just pure WWE history, even. Mm. Because, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of times where I'm shocked about a result, and some of them obviously get the types of reactions from me where I'm like, really? You really fucking did that? You couldn't possibly have done this stupid-ass problematic response, and you fucking did it? And it's like, just like a pure anger type of thing. Like, you know, you could go back and check out the Crown Jewel thing where I'm like, oh my god, you finally... You, finally had a chance to give it to Braun Strowman and you went with Brock Lesnar and it's just I'm so shocked that you made this stupid decision and all that or you know some good happy surprises where it's just like oh my god Edge is actually back and it's not just rumors and oh this is crazy and this is so cool but I equate this more to I don't know why this is the one specific example that's coming into my mind out of all things it's not Bam Neely don't worry (laughs) it's a I'm watching a, a match on Raw, and it was, um, I think it was Beth Phoenix and Candice Michelle, where Candice had gone on the top rope, and she fell, and she hit her head on the canvas. And yeah, that was, that's when she broke her collarbone. Yeah, and I remember at the time watching that and just being like, this like sinking feeling of like, okay, that's a botch, and that's a bad botch. That could be really bad and not just funny stupid botches that we can you know go like he slipped that's like oh she could be like seriously hurt paralyzed dead one of those kind of things and that like the roller coaster feeling you know what i mean then your stomach where you're just sort of like oh something just happened i felt that with the the brock lesnar undertaker thing it was just like i i don't know if this was not supposed to happen but it happened what, did they screw something up? Is there some kind of twist that's happening? And immediately I'm jumping into my ideas of like, oh, they're going to restart the match. They're going to do this. It's uh, maybe there's some kind of a error with the referee and trying to rationalize it in my mind, kind of the way that I was trying to rationalize Terminator 3 when I first saw it. I was just like, hey, no, that's not what happened. <laughs> but it did. And since then, we've gotten some different things out of the story. One of them being, I think it was um, Inside the Ropes with uh, Paul Heyman. And he told the story, and he's a great storyteller, so you don't know if there's truth to this or if it's just kind of, you know, a, a tale to spin a web sort of thing. But do you guys uh, know the interview that I'm talking about where Paul Heyman yeah, suggests that maybe that's not necessarily what was supposed to happen? Yeah, Brock yeah. just held him down because Brock Lesnar can do whatever he wants. It was it was kind of like Heyman at his best, really, in terms of just keeping the audience on tender hooks, basically saying, "Couldn't some it's it's Brock Lesnar? Like, couldn't someone like Brock Lesnar be a an old man 
and pin him down if he so wanted to. It's like, such a good couple of minutes. Yeah. And he ends it with, and what I love about that is you wouldn't believe me if I was talking about anybody else but Brock Lesnar. It's true. Yeah, his whole, I mean, he, he's captivating, and I recommend that anybody check that out if they haven't seen that yet, because he's completely drawn the audience in. It's just a matter of, what if he comes in and he just says, I'm going to beat The Undertaker, and who's going to stop me? Because once I beat The Undertaker, what are you going to do? You're going to let me go? You're going to fire the guy who beat The Undertaker's undefeated streak instead of going with it? And he paints a really interesting picture. But before we get into the hindsight stuff, I want to know what you guys think about that. Do you buy into that? Because I still don't. I think... I think Vince McMahon woke up and was like, I've gone as far as I can go with the streak. Brock Lesnar is real. He probably had one of those moments of like, yeah, but this is real. Brock Lesnar has the credentials to really beat you. You're losing. Because I think Shawn Michaels tells a story of, I was there when Taker said, this isn't a good idea. And he said, my company, my way. I yeah I, I think that it was oh, it's obviously planned. I know Heyman makes that sort of like reference and jokes and stuff like that, but and I don't think it's just a case of Lesnar just saying that he's going into this match and he's going to win. I think if Lesnar if Lesnar had been asked to do, to do the job, he would have done the job. There's no shame in losing to the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Yeah, they seem to have some kind of reverence for each other too. Yeah, so I don't think that was down to it. It is just down to Vincent Mann's decision, and I think. Probably somewhere deep down in Vince's mind, he thought that The Undertaker was done. And maybe that's the reason why he decided to go ahead with it, so full steam ahead. And maybe The Undertaker, part of his... Because there was a lot of speculation around the time about Undertaker retiring after that match anyway. So maybe they thought, well, you've got to... Your streak has to die at some point if you're going to retire. Like, you can't just leave and the streak stay intact. So we'll give it to the guy who we feel has the biggest upside going forward. And that's Lesnar. I mean, this is one of those stories like, you know, there's people that have their conspiracy theories about the Montreal screw job where everybody's been in, in this work the whole time. And, you know, on their deathbed, Brett and Sean are going to be like, gotcha. And then you know, that kind of thing. I don't buy into that either, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's just a matter of Vince McMahon decided that he wanted to go in that direction because we've also heard some rumors before that other people were in the mix of potentially beating that streak. You know, Randy Orton could have potentially beaten it or uh, Triple H could have beaten it or, you know, plenty of other things. So it's not outside of the realm of possibility that Vince just said, yeah, this time I'm not changing my mind. And who knows if he regrets that now, which kind of sort of the point of wrestling is 2020 a little bit. Um, So that's the setup of what, where we got to that point and what happened. The next thing we need to talk about for the full picture before we start diving into our opinions of how we would go about potentially changing things, if we would, is what did we get out of this? Brock Lesnar goes from the next big thing who was in the company for a short amount of time relatively, but still managed to accomplish a butt ton of stuff, leaves, comes back, has this whole situation 
and it's arguable that he is at this point in his career and what he was following this even more high up on that hierarchy than he ever was in his initial run. Would you guys agree on that? I think. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The difference is Brock Lesnar came in like House of Fire in 02, left in 04. Like nobody did what Brock Lesnar did. He really cleaned out the company, did everything he could and left. And now he's just this. It's almost mythical what Brock Lesnar is in WWE now. Yeah, Lesnar went from being just, I don't say just a big guy in WWE because he he was being positioned to be like a really top name, but he was just one of several people who were kind of in that upper echelon level. Now he's not he's not even just main event level; he's Brock Lesnar level. It's like he has a tier all of his own. So yeah, he has he is currently at a status that I don't think anybody's been at in WWE. Arguably, really. There could, there's an argument that nobody's been at the level that Brock Lesnar has been. Because even though you probably people like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock are big, were bigger names, they were still part of the full-time roster when they were bigger names. He's not even a full-timer. But he's still seen as like, on that same level as those guys. Yeah, I mean, we've had people like The Undertaker and people like Shawn Michaels was on top for a little bit and The Rock was on top for whatever. And, you know, they've had their runs with championships. They've had their runs as main event talent and different kinds of undefeated streaks and different things that you know position them at the top of the company but nobody's been able to do that other than Brock Lesnar with this air of and I don't even have to do anything <laughs> essentially like it's been years now at this point of Lesnar not wrestling a whole lot throughout the year he's been doing a lot more these this past year than he did before which is thankfully significantly better and when he does wrestle he doesn't do a whole lot of appearances beforehand to actually set up the feuds and the appearances that he does do it's pretty much two shot it's paul Heyman cuts promos while lesnar stands there and maybe there's a scuffle or lesnar just has the scuffle like there's not really too much going on beyond that He'll more than likely pop up a couple times a year, and that's about it. Russell's at the big shows maybe one or two other times and ends up holding championships for the majority of the time that he's been there. I mean, how little time since this happened with The Undertaker has Brock Lesnar not held the WWE or Universal Championship? Almost the entirety, if you think about it. Yeah, he has so. um, the record for 504 days, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's won, let's see, he won, how many of these championships did he win prior to his exit? Because, so, I mean, we so know prior that... To, so prior to his original exit, he was WWE champion three times. Three times, they okay. They were the only titles he had. So he beat The Rock at SummerSlam 2002, dropped it to the big show at Survivor Series, so that's about like a three-month run. Then he won it at WrestleMania, dropped it to Kurt Angle, another like three month run. And then he won it back and then lost it, but no way out. So he got about four or five months out of that one. So he had pretty much held it three times, which is, I mean, crazy. Some people don't get a chance to win a tag well, team title, let yeah. alone, you know, the world title, let alone three times. And I remember well, back in an era when Bret Hart winning it for the fifth time was like, oh my God. 
we also have to put it in the context of how short a run he had in his initial run. Right. So he on the main roster, he was there from April to what March or April two thousand two to April two thousand four. He almost gets exactly two years because he comes raw after Mania, and he leaves Mania two years later. Yeah. And, and, and that's in that span, time, he yep. um yeah. So in that span, he wins the WWE Championship three times. He wins the Royal Rumble. He wins King of the Ring, and uh, he main events WrestleMania. Insane amount of accolades. And winning it three times and having shorter runs uh, compared to winning it one time and having it for the entire amount of the collective months or something, people have different opinions about that, whether they would rather have like one year-long title reign or three that are, you know, four months apiece. To me, it, it kind of doesn't really matter too much. It's sort of just how you want to frame the different contexts and stuff. But since then, I mean, he had won three WWE titles then. Since then, he's won five, and he won the Money in the Bank, and, I mean, not that it really matters, but he won a bunch of different Slammy Awards, uh, the year-end award for Hottest Rivalry in 2018, apparently, that's a thing. So, he's gone from a guy who had a two-year stint, was a champion in multiple other things, and a Hall of Famer type of career, to a guy that, as Callum said almost creates this whole new hierarchy bracket, which is nuts. But was it worth it? And could you have gotten that in that direction in another way? Or any of the other things that you can think of? So this is where we get into hindsight. Now, we know all the stuff that happened, and we're almost six years uh, removed from the fact. You know, WrestleMania 36 is coming up in a couple weeks, essentially, at this point. Now we're in February. Rabbit, rabbit, everybody. Um, what, what, you know, could we have gone in different directions? And if so, what would it have been? Uh, does anybody want to start first? Or do you guys want me to go? I'm kind of talking a lot here. I'm totally up with passing the baton to you guys. <laughs> well, well, I guess I'll start. I think, yes, you could have gone in a different direction. But it all depends on not so much Lesnar for me. It depends on how much do you want to protect the mystique of The Undertaker. Because I think you could have had Brock Lesnar, you know, run through... John Cena at that year's WrestleMania. John Cena just had a, you know, less than match with Bray Wyatt. You could have done that. I don't know if you would have gotten the evergreen storyline that is, oh, Brock Lesnar's a monster, and here comes modern superstar X who's going to try to dethrone Brock Lesnar. But I do think you could have protected The Undertaker because the one thing that happened as soon as The Undertaker lost the streak, his matches and appearances just became so far less important. And I almost feel like maybe there's some regret in that aspect. You know, maybe if you would have just let... Undertaker beat 
Ryback that year or anybody else because the the story was they wanted Taker against a Heyman guy and Ryback going into that was loosely associated with Heyman. There's so many different paths you could have gone. But I my mind keeps going back to that evergreen Brock Lesnar story and I don't know, even if a dominant victory over John Cena at WrestleMania would have created the monster that is the vilified, you motherfucker, you beat The Undertaker's streak. Because the reality is, if you were going to end the streak, anybody who beat The Undertaker's streak was going to be the most hated person. If you'd given it to Roman, then he would have been crapped all over. That still happened, and he lost. You know, he had already lost at Mania. If you'd have given it to John... They would have been throwing shit at him. If you're going to create such a villain anyway, it might as well be the most powerful villain you have. Well, for context on this card, uh, we had, I'm looking at my actual original predictions on the website now. It's funny because I have a thing that says, looks like the card's pretty much set and it is rather underwhelming. And it was in some regards. You know, we had the. Divas Championship Invitational and the Usos and Los Matadores and Rybaxel and all this, you know, that's stuff that you forget about. And, you know, you kind of focus on the, the bigger matches and stuff. But like the Shield, we're up against Kane and the New Age Outlaws. This is when we could have gotten that CM Punk versus Kane thing that they were kind of leading a little bit into. Into if Punk would have stayed around, then we could have gotten. Uh, Punk versus Triple H. We were supposed to get the Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus rematch again. That, of course, Daniel Bryan did his whole thing instead. We got John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. We got the uh, Triple H, Daniel Bryan. We got Brock Lesnar, Undertaker. And then we got Randy Orton versus Batista. Then eventually Daniel Bryan. And that whole setup of Batista winning the Royal Rumble. And that was a mess. And... um. You know, that kind of, I feel like there's a lot of puzzle pieces that go along with this beyond just that. So that's also something to keep in mind, too. Well, now, I know they had a whole year to figure it out, but was this not the year that from 29 it was penciled in? It was supposed to be Brock versus Rock? Because uh, Brock was supposed to lay the Rock out after... Rock lost to Cena the night after on Raw, and they would build to a Mania match here. But because Rock, I think, tore his abdomen, movie, the movies were like, no, you have to stop wrestling. That I don't know. Callum, you know anything about that? I know they were, there's always been rumors spe- surrounding the idea of a Rock versus Brock match. And it wouldn't surprise me if that would have been something that had been at least considered at that point. And I know the rocks injury probably threw out a lot of WWE's plans and ideas of having him come back and wrestle an, at another point in time. Cause frankly, other than that one off six second thing with Eric Rowan, he's not come close to competing in a WWE ring since then. So, so it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it shows that there were other options, but then you have to think, in an alternate universe, that happens, and I can't see Brock beating Rock twice. 
you know, I think Rock would win that one. And then what do you have in Brock Lesnar? Because the one thing you can say about Brock today is he's got credibility. And I think the bulk of that is built into he's always going to be the guy that broke the streak. He did the unthinkable and he can do whatever he wants now because of it. Um, I, if, I, if I'm going to go back and like try and break things down piece by piece in terms of whether or not this should happen in hindsight, you have to start like pretty much from the beginning or a few months afterwards when Brock Lesnar defeats John Cena in one of the most like infamous, well, I guess famous squash matches in history for the WWE Championship. Because at that point, you're just, I guess, like piling on the idea of Lesnar's like the big deal in his company. So he's beaten the Undertaker streak, and then he destroyed John Cena, the poster child of the company for the title. So he's the big deal. But then you move forward towards WrestleMania time, and it's Roman Reigns. And I assume, at least initially going into it, and I can only assume this, I don't know this for certain, but I assume that the original plans were that Reigns would beat Lesnar and carry the heat over from the Undertaker thing, and so we've got a new big star in Roman Reigns. The issue yeah. being that everyone hated Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And that's why I know Rob was talking about the fact that like the person who beats the Undertaker streak is going to be the most hated guy. By a year afterwards, Brock Lesnar's the biggest baby face in the company. Because he's beating up he's beaten up John Cena and he's beating up Roman Reigns. And so he uh, is the biggest baby face in the company by that point. Yeah, but and, there there's where you go into like the well that wasn't the plan, because I guarantee you, if we go into SummerSlam and Brock Lesnar beats the shit out of Daniel Bryan, like it was supposed to happen, he's yeah. not the biggest baby face in the company. But that that is true. But then, he, but he'd still have to deal with Roman Reigns, and I don't think Roman Reigns' thing is like exclusive to the fact that he wouldn't be Daniel Bryan. So Roman still would have been hated. So he still would have got. He probably still would have gotten the better reaction against Roman Reigns. And let's be honest, that whole situation with Roman Reigns, that's been a mess. I mean, in theory, I don't disagree with their idea that, like you said, you put this thing on Brock Lesnar, he's got a lot of heat, and your game plan is, yeah, but by next year, we're going to have Roman beat him, and it's going to be kind of passing the torch from Undertaker to Roman People will be happy that Roman beat the guy who beat Undertaker, and that'll be our new big guy. But it didn't work, and they ended up having to pivot over to Seth Rollins. And then a couple years later, I still maintain that this was a stubborn move of Vince saying, but I was right all along, goddammit, where we got Brock against Roman again, and people were not into it again, and Brock won again. And then we got a rematch at Greatest Royal Rumble and Brock retained. And then we got a rematch again a couple months later at SummerSlam. And then that ended up being that whole stretch of time where the Brock Lesnar role came around where it was just like, oh my God, why are we continuing to do this idea that I kind of interpreted as we put all of this heat on Brock beating Undertaker to build up Roman, but we're going to take five years to get to the point or whatever, that we actually get Roman to beat them. 
and by then it's already dissipated. So you got the Brock thing out of him being like the top dude who's hated and all this stuff. But then you didn't get the payoff from that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like there the overarching goal eventually was the idea that Brock beating the Undertaker would eventually lead to Roman beating Brock and Roman being the top guy. And that's something that they've tried multiple times and it hasn't resonated. It hasn't resonated strongly enough. Like Roman defaulted into being the top guy, but he wasn't chosen by the fans to be the top guy. He wasn't embraced by the fans to be the top guy. So he well, was well now it's just that we're now in a situation where where they thought that Roman beating Brock would make uh, Roman the top guy, and we're six years down the line, and Brock is still a bigger guy than Roman is. Yeah, Brock is the top guy out of those two. So they still haven't they still haven't fully transferred the heat over from Brock Lesnar to another person, and they seem like they're trying to do that now with Drew McIntyre. And maybe they maybe they succeed with that, maybe they fail. Who knows? But they've tried it with a couple. Roman's the, the guy they've mainly tried to do it with, and it hasn't worked. And well, the thing is that Brock Lesnar's transition from babyface to heel, he's had feuds with multiple guys over the titles. So it's not like I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that most people don't know that the Undertaker that Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker for the streak. But I feel like people might take a, a second to try and remember it now, whereas it should be something that for for I'm sure for many fans just like clicks immediately into your mind. But I imagine there's quite a lot of people out there that kind of have to think about it, about who beat the Undertaker streak at this point. Yeah, it's not and as that, fresh of a wound, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not that fresh. And also, Lesnar's done so much since then that it's it's kind of just one of the things that he did. It's obviously one of the biggest things that he did, but it's just one of the things that he's done. You've got the, you the, the match with Cena, you've got the feud on and off feud with Roman Reigns, you've got the feud with Goldberg. You have what he's doing right now with, like, the Drew McIntyre stuff, you've got him beating Kofi Kingston in six seconds, you've got all of this stuff surrounding Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar has been involved in some of the biggest moments of the past five years, five or six years, and it kicked off really with the win over Undertaker but it's arguable that that's just one of one of the things now, it's not the big thing as it should be, it's one of just many things I mean, we got the 500 plus title reign that came out of this, we got uh, endless amounts of the tw- uh, the one and twenty one and one, and you know different kinds of suplex city bitch and like so on and so forth. I mean, it went so far to the point where they, when they feuded again, the Undertaker was the heel. They tried. See, they tried with that, and I think a lot of what again I don't like about what happened was the way they treated the Undertaker afterwards, because they had him turn only to just the next night go, well, he's not really healed. They didn't play on the fact that the Undertaker clearly cheated to beat Brock Lesnar. It was just like, whatever, they hate each other. I think when, there the, was... when the baby faces do it, they're like, well, he's getting even. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's a fair point to me, mate, because we focused a lot on what happened to Brock Lesnar afterwards. We have to have to, like Rob says, focus on what happened to the Undertaker afterwards. Yeah. There's two people involved in this. So Undertaker after this doesn't wrestle again until WrestleMania 31 with Bray Wyatt. And so it comes back, 
like people fear that he's like just retired, like silently retired and gone away. And so he comes back, beats Bray Wyatt. Then we have the next year thing with the, well, he has that few mini feud with Brock Lesnar. And then you have this uh, lockbox fuckery stuff with Shane McMahon. <laughs> God, the lockbox. How stupid was that? And then, Is that why and then, uh, Barrios and uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was their contracts in the lockbox, yeah. and so they finally found it. And <laughs> um, no, it's um, and then he loses his second match at WrestleMania to Roman Reigns, and now he's kind of just floating in. He's kind of just a guy who turns up for WrestleMania in Saudi Saudi Arabia money. Yeah, it's and, it's arguable that uh, I mean, the Undertaker is my my favorite character of all time and my second favorite performer of all time, just behind Shawn Michaels and. He's not the same. Uh, that mystique, a lot of that went away. And, you know, when he fought Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt at this WrestleMania 30, he's fighting John Cena. And that's a story that makes some sense, even though they had done like some stuff ahead of time that I remember not really being the biggest fan of. But, you know, it's the that was one of the matches that people had thought about was. Bray Wyatt's got this cult kind of character and the Undertaker's a thing. Maybe Bray Wyatt can be the guy that beats the Undertaker at Mania. The cult, the John Cena thing, of course, people thinking that. But when you get to Bray Wyatt versus Undertaker without the streak, nobody cares. Because now it doesn't mean anything. Okay, well, if he beats Undertaker, well, it's already happened. And again, I, I really just feel like it did more harm than good in terms of the legacy of The Undertaker. Because at the end of the day, as we've seen with things like, you know, Jinder Mahal getting a six-month reign with the WWE title, they can make anybody as big of a star as they want to make them. So if you wanted to have Brock Lesnar run through Triple H three times, he could have done it. And then, you know, beat John Cena at WrestleMania, he could have done it. You know, run through Daniel Bryan or Batista or whoever. You could have done that without tarnishing The Undertaker. The Undertaker, once he lost at Mania and was really just exposed as this broken down old man, he was never able to recapture that mystique. And I think a lot of that comes from once he lost that, the creative department decided to just use him as this wild card where it was like, you know, nobody tells me what to do. The next week, Vince McMahon is saying, hey, you, you're going to fight my son. Okay, you know, and it's like they didn't have anything concrete for Taker after losing the streak. So I would have, I think ultimately because of that, I would have, changed it to where Taker doesn't lose the streak or he immediately retires, stops competing after losing the streak. Well, keep in mind, too, you also don't need to even keep the match. You could, if you wanted to, you could rearrange this whole card with the benefit of hindsight if you wanted to do, like, because uh, the Batista plan, I mean, look at that. This, this all, even though it's not directly, like, you know, does the referee hit that third time and it counts and Brock Lesnar wins. 
they all do kind of interact with each other. You know, you have the shield versus Kane and the new age outlaws. Nobody really cares, but they have been trying to set up this thing with punk and triple H. And it looked like they could have potentially gone with punk versus Kane as a backup plan. They had, um, so if that would have been the case, then we wouldn't have gotten shield in that scenario. Well, if they you look clearly... at the card, uh, punk released on his Instagram, they had the plan of breaking up the shield before WrestleMania even came, and it would have been Roman versus Ambrose for the U.S. title. Yeah, they could have gone in that direction. That would have been completely changing the direction of the shield going forward because we wouldn't have gotten the whole, like, uh, the Y family feud and the evolution feud and all that. Uh, the Batista and Orton thing, they planned that to be, I mean, they clearly wanted that to be a thing that people were really into. And everybody was like, hey, no. Let's go with Daniel Bryan. So they had to change that card around a little bit. The Triple H and uh, Bryan thing, which could have potentially been Triple H and Punk, turns into Triple H losing to Bryan, who beats Batista and Orton, where Batista is a heel as well. Like it's it's kind of a whole big mess. So you could have, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, wrestling's twenty twenty. You could say, all right, well, I don't want any of those matches to happen. I want, you probably can't change punk leaving cause he's dealing with his, like, uh, his gripes and stuff, his but and all that. yeah, I mean, but if you wanted to, you could have potentially said, Hey, what I want is heel Batista against undertaker. And I want Brock Lesnar against, uh, Daniel Bryan. And I want, um, triple H against, you know, you could technically see mess around with things like that. Even, See, I feel like this was the beginning of the the audience controls way too much of the creative direction because the way I see it, they thought Batista comes back as the returning babyface and not so much even that Randy and Batista would have been, been the big match, but that Batista versus Lesnar yeah, SummerSlam was going to be the big match. And I I would have loved to have seen that match, but I think if you're telling me how can I rearrange this card so that The Undertaker saves faith and doesn't suffer the defeat to Lesnar, I put, I put Brian against Orton and Batista because I think there's, that was one of those things. It was a beautiful way it happened, and it should stay. But I swap out Cena and Taker's matches, and I put Wyatt against Taker as, like, you know, I'm the new being that from the beyond kind of thing. And I do Cena versus Lesnar, and that's where Lesnar gets his monster victory over Cena. He squashes him in seven minutes with, like, you know, however many suplexes that they did. And you have a, a decently built feud between Wyatt and Undertaker, but ultimately, unless this is Taker's last match, Taker wins. How would you go from there? Like, uh, I don't know, like title picture and stuff. Because then we also got like Daniel Bryan gets injured, and they wouldn't have known that at the time. But of course, this is the benefit of hindsight. So, that so kind of thing from. Too. From there, with with the title picture, 
Brian was fighting Kane, right? Yeah, that was his next feud out of this. If I remember Here, correctly. They were going to do a Buried Alive match. Here's where you plug in The Undertaker. And Undertaker and Kane can have an Undertaker and Kane match, maybe in a casket match, or even, you know, Buried Alive. And it would be forgiven because it's Taker and Kane. And those characters with the stories they tell, you know, again, it's an evergreen story. Taker gets one last run with the belt to go through SummerSlam. And then you have Lesnar kill the Undertaker. And then we're right back at, um, we're right back at, you know, 32 where, or 31, where now, okay, you have the Undertaker and his streak is still intact. And you can even bring in a Sting or Roman Reigns, you know? But the way I would ultimately get to is John Cena has, you know, a redemption story where he fucks up Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31. And it's Cena Taker, WrestleMania 32, 100,000 people. And Cena beats him, Taker rides off in the sunset in Texas, in his home. And people hate John Cena, but people were, you know, that was always going to be a thing. He could embrace that when you know you're going into enemy territory in Texas against The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Callum, what are you thinking? Is this uh, something that you'd change anything? Or do you kind of not want to mess around with the time stream? And <laughs> Well, the big issue for me is that based on everything that we discussed, I feel like we discussed quite a lot to make a strong case as to why this result shouldn't be what it was and that Brock shouldn't have beaten The Undertaker and shouldn't have taken the streak and it should have been saved for another occasion. My counter-argument to that is that with the six years of hindsight behind me, they would have fucked it up no matter who they chose <laughs> to break the streak. <laughs> well, so... <laughs> So that's like that's like the big thing issue for me is like the sticky point of like yeah re- realistically Lesnar didn't need this he could have found other ways to march his way to the top but then I look at all the other options they probably could have chosen and thought yeah but they were screwed up with this guy and they were screwed up with this guy and they were screwed up with this guy and it's like Undertaker streak Undertaker streak was obviously it had a huge amount of value to it but I feel like it becomes not worthless but it becomes it doesn't retain its full value unless someone beats it and runs runs with it, essentially. Because then it's just like a thing that's encapsulated by The Undertaker. Like, you could have ended Undertaker's career with his streak entirely intact and just say, okay, that's just a cool thing. The Undertaker never was defeated at WrestleMania. But then you just don't get any of the essence of it and use it to propel another guy forward. But I, I, just, I just feel like, who would they have chosen to do that instead? I mean, you could say Cena, but did Cena need it at that point? He was probably already a 13, 14-time world champion. Does he need to beat The Undertaker when you could feasibly use it to take a relatively fresh guy or a guy who's in need of a lot more like propelling forward? Especially in hindsight, we know that Cena leaves the company pretty much around about 2017, 2018. Like leaves to Hollywood. Would you want to have the Undertaker beat him, like him beat the Undertaker in 2016, and then leave two years later? But then you look, 
you give it to Roman Reigns, well, that wouldn't have been popular. You probably would have had to turn Roman Reigns heel. And we know how stubborn they've been about that. So would they have turned him heel? That's obviously, if, if I'm pulling the strings, then yes, you turn him heel and then maybe you can use Roman Reigns as that role. Do you do it with Seth Rollins? Is he a big enough star to do that with? Do you do it with Kevin Owens? Is he big? Is he a big enough star to do it with? Do you do it with Braun Strowman? You know how badly they've handled Braun Strowman ever since like he got over there in the first place. He's now just he's essentially just the big show. Yeah. So do you do Randy Orton? <laughs> is a, Randy a hindsight in the future? How would you rebook yeah. Braun Strowman? But Randy Orton was had already had his shot, and he was already well established as it was. If you wanted to give AJ a big um, boost from the get go, then maybe he would do it. You wouldn't like you shouldn't do shouldn't have done a shame at man or Vince McMahon, God, God forbid, getting them involved in any of this. Uh, I don't think I don't know if Daniel Bryan would have worked. That Bray Wyatt, there's there there are many options. It's just trying to reason in my mind of believing that as soon as they did that, they would do something with that guy or they wouldn't fuck it up. And it, that's a battle that is so difficult to win in my mind that I'm always thinking maybe Brock Lesnar was the right guy to win this. Maybe Brock Lesnar was the right guy to win it. Maybe it was the wrong time. Hmm. Is kind of the argument that's going in my head right now of maybe he should have done it at 32 or like like 35 even. It depends how long The Undertaker would wrestle for. And we know in hindsight now, he could wrestle for that entire time. It wouldn't be good, but he could still wrestle for that entire time. Do There's an argument to be said, especially hindsight given what they did with both Brock and Taker at 29. Maybe you just move it up a year. Well, here's, here's the even bigger point for me. With like In hindsight, this... This whole thing is making me feel like, in hindsight, they should have had Punk Big Taker. Hmm. There, because, there's something to be said there. Because there is an argument to be made that if Punk knew that he was going to be the Undertaker, he wouldn't have left. That's true. Because they've given him this huge run. And they would have been more kind of focused on pushing him big because he's the guy that beat the Undertaker. So he might have gotten the WrestleMania main event next year. Because, well, we've got to do something with this guy. He beat The Undertaker. So then you have Undertaker can can kind of be in that position in that position of just being a legend kind of back every now and again. I know it wouldn't be the same for The Undertaker because as soon as you did take that streak away of him, nothing with The Undertaker would ever be the same again. So you kind of have to, I guess, make peace in your head that if you're going to take the streak away from The Undertaker, you're not going to have the same Undertaker ever again. The argument there is. They did not and would not ever see Punk as a big enough guy to do that. I no, think I understand, that's I understand a that. great that's a great idea because if you think about it, Punk is then satisfied. You never lose, you know, one of your biggest villains who can go weekly in the ring. And maybe you have a more prosperous time, you know? Now, obviously, it it has its drawbacks to it because there is no 100% locked-in guarantee that having CM Punk beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 29 means that he doesn't leave after the Royal Rumble regardless. Yeah. And so you've just lost the guy who beat The Undertaker less than a year after he did it, which would be absolutely catastrophic. But 
like I, st- I still can't balance in my head that there was anybody who who's was a better who can show they could be a better choice to win it rather than Brock Lesnar. I guess the way that I look at it is. If the streak has to end, who would I have end it? And then at that point, well, I guess even before that point, just there's two diverging paths. Streak ends or streak doesn't end. And then if you go and streak, it doesn't end, then it doesn't matter. Then it's just picking different opponents. And then, then we go back in time to the idea of like, I've been saying for the longest time that Undertaker versus Sheamus should have been a WrestleMania match instead of a Triple H one. I think that Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt I mean that Bray Wyatt, um, Wade Barrett from the Nexus should have been at one of the other Triple H matches. Like those two should have been things. And then I like the idea of the CM Punk thing. And even though some people argue like, well, this was like in poor taste. Like I like how they incorporated the Paul Bearer urn stuff in there. I'm like, that's like storytelling that I think was like interesting. But, I, um, I liked it, but that was such a dead giveaway that, Dead. Punk Ooh, had no chance in hell. Damn it! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the puns with Undertaker stuff is just easy. <laughs> but it was a giveaway that he had no chance in hell. So, in hindsight, I wish that they didn't incorporate that aspect because it just felt like, all right, we're going to WrestleMania to watch Punk get his ass kicked. So, this is kind of, I guess, I I don't know how to really unpack my point of view about this because it is diverging paths and stuff because like any other time travel type of thing you bring up questions of well what unknowns happen that you're not prepared for like we can talk about the idea of and this is going to be a running thing with this too you think that you've got the hindsight benefit of being able to plot out all this stuff but hell they thought that triple h versus sting wasn't even going to be a thing it was going to be triple h versus the rock and then when they did Triple H versus Sting, they thought Sting was going to have plenty of other matches and it ended up being a problem with the Seth Rollins thing and Sting hasn't wrestled since then. And they've had issues like that that pop up. Daniel Bryan, not supposed to do this at WrestleMania 30. They have him do that. They put all their chips in. He gets injured. It takes a year for him to get back into the mix with the Intercontinental title, gets injured, retires comes back from retirement you never know what weird stuff's gonna happen so i do enjoy stories like that like thinking about in their minds you know they weren't worried about anything because they thought wrestlemania 32 was going to be sting versus taker and rock versus triple h they thought that none of that even remotely happens (laughs) Like you were saying earlier, they thought that this was going to be Batista comes back, wins the Royal Rumble, fans go crazy, they want him to beat Orton, he beats Orton, drops the title to uh, to Brock Lesnar. That seems like a pretty straightforward plan. And the in night fact, of the Royal Rumble, where <laughs> <laughs> Rumble comes around and people are like, "Oh my God, can Roman Reigns please win? Because we don't want uh, Batista to do this, and we didn't get our Daniel Bryan win." And, and then they forward. they look forward to that and they go, oh, well, they really wanted Roman Reigns to win. And then a year later, people are going, <laughs> oh, my God, can anybody win other than Roman? Like, I'm I'm in the Royal Rumble uh, parking lot, WrestleMania, or Royal Rumble 2015. And I'm interviewing people. And I, the interview's up on the, on the website, on the channel right now. I'm asking people, like, who do you want to win? And the majority answer is anyone but Roman. 
a year earlier it was, oh my God, we want Daniel Bryan just the same, but we'll go with this Roman guy. Like, you never well, know what's going to happen. Well, I think the fundamental thing with that is that a lot of people feel that's like, it's like, oh, they really wanted Roman one year and the next year they just hated him and fans are crazy. I think the actual situation was that they wanted anyone but Batista to, well, they wanted Daniel Bryan to win. And they were so convinced that Batista was going to win that they hated Batista and they didn't want Batista to win. And the next year they were so convinced that Roman Reigns was going to win, even though Daniel Bryan was in the match, that they wanted... It was just a case of the fans just not wanting somebody to win and wanting somebody else so badly to win. So as soon as as Daniel Bryan's eliminated in that Royal Rumble, that Royal Rumble goes to shit. Mm -hmm. Absolute crap. And so as soon as Roman's music hits, you just go, oh no, this this is going to happen. And yeah, so it's, it's not a case of like they really wanted Roman one year and the next year... They, they hated Roman and that, that makes no sense. The actual fact was they wanted anyone but Batista the first year and then the second year they wanted anyone but Roman Reigns. Yeah. Hindsight, <laughs> how the WWE, do you for a crazy audience like this? I think, it, it is a wild audience. I think the way you get around that is you learn your lesson from John Cena because mm. that's been plenty of years at this point where they should have learned their... Let's put it this way. John Cena's reaction in 2004, completely different than in 2005, completely different than in 2006. 2006, onward, for a a long type of time, is the anti-John Cena stuff. They had essentially, from 2006, maybe even argued 2007, if you want to be generous, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2012, uh, 11, 2012, 2013, to be able to learn that lesson to not run into a situation where it's like, we are picking this guy, you guys should come along with it. And we've seen in the past, again, benefit of hindsight, that instances happen like Triple H was supposed to win King of the Ring, it ends up going to Austin, he catches on, and instead of them saying, yeah, but we wanted Triple H to do that, so we're going to have Triple H bury Austin, and that'll give him heat, and you guys will like Triple H more. I mean, he wasn't even Triple H then, but they go, hey, this Austin guy really does have something more going for him. Let's let's see what happens. They used to be in an era where the guy that was popular, they went with. And around that John Cena 2006 time, it was, no, we're right. And for half a decade or more, actually more at that point than half a decade because it was 2006 plus to 2013, they just were stubborn. And if they would have learned that lesson, you could have gone into Royal Rumble 2014 with this Daniel Bryan guy's really catching on. Let's give him the Royal Rumble win. Then you don't have the Batista thing at all. Then you don't have the, you know, I mean, Batista could have gotten eliminated in the Royal Rumble by, uh, I don't know. So we could have had we, well. Brock was resting on that show. Could have had Brock just turn up in the Rumble, yeah. and then make Batista for no reason, and then just start a feud between those two. Yeah, Batista and Lesnar. Batista would have been the babyface. Lesnar would have been. He could have beaten them, and they could have moved that on. They could have had Cena against Wyatt, like they had originally. They could have had Cena versus um, who knows? Could have had. You know, there's a lot of different ways that they could have gone down this road. And when I was kind of writing up some notes to this ahead of time, I did that diverging path. I did the 
does the streak end? And if so, who does the streak not end? And then what do you do instead? The fandom of me says, I don't want the undertaker streak to end at all. Even though I know that that's not a logical thing. Part of me just goes, no, I don't want it to end because it's Undertaker and I like him. <laughs> this is kind of stupid, but in that direction, I go, well, Undertaker versus Lesnar, that's a hell of a match. I like that. I, I'd probably just have, the, the, the simplest way to put it, I guess you could say, is I would just have Undertaker beat Lesnar. And the next year, it's Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt. And to piggyback off of what I said earlier, People, at that point, they're going to go, oh, Bray Wyatt, maybe he's the one who beats Undertaker. Because that's what everybody did. And Undertaker beating Lesnar, Lesnar's lost before. It's not like it's going to kill him. And Undertaker beats another big guy. And oh my God, if Bray Wyatt wins, then he's beaten the Undertaker. And Undertaker beat all these other people and all that. And I would have had Undertaker beat Bray Wyatt too, for that matter. I would Um, argue, though, that Bray Wyatt might have been the only one where, assuming the streak is intact, mm-hmm. the fans might have been down on that night with Bray Wyatt breaking the streak. Because over these couple of years, I can guarantee you one thing. There never would have been a plan, unless it was an absolute necessity, for me to have one of Undertaker's WrestleMania matches be Shane McMahon. That would have been Undertaker Lesnar, Undertaker Wyatt, Undertaker Cena, Undertaker Sting, Undertaker Roman... Definitely not Undertaker Shane. And bless you. Uh, That gets under my skin a lot because I think that that's a complete waste and everything too. And of course, lots of injuries happened before that. So that's an issue that you don't know without the benefit of hindsight. This is a card that I kind of made up for the following year, actually. Not WrestleMania 30, but I'm kind of looking at that as like, Let's have some of those matches and just change a couple results for the most part. Let's just have Undertaker beat Brock and have Bray Wyatt beat John Cena. And you move on from that point. WrestleMania 31 comes around, hoping, of course, that you don't have injuries and stuff get in the way. And who knows who would have gotten injured and who might not have gotten injured if you would have, you know, all you got to do is uh, decide to use liquid soap one day instead of a bar of soap. And maybe you don't slip and crack your head open. You never know uh, what things can happen. You can wait five minutes and use the bathroom before you go somewhere. And then that stopped you from getting into a car accident. Yeah, yeah, never know how the time is going to work, but you book Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt. At Mania 31. And as I mentioned, Undertaker wins anyway because I'm an Undertaker fan. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, that way you got Cena, Undertaker the next year and wh- however you want to go from there. Um, maybe even keep the Cena Rusev stuff. Maybe you keep Triple H and Sting instead of going Sting, Undertaker, whatever. I'd uh, switch up some of that WrestleMania 31 card to where we had gotten. Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins. And we got Dean Ambrose in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title with a bunch of people, including Daniel Bryan, which that didn't really go anywhere. I'd say swap him a little bit. Give us the Daniel Bryan versus Rollins match. Two people that are like 
damn good wrestlers and give us Randy Orton versus Dean Ambrose. And either one of those could be for the Intercontinental Championship. And the Rusev and Cena stuff, if you keep that, that's the United States title because it's like the American Pride type thing. You got to keep that going. But hey, Orton versus Ambrose, make that just a regular feud and make the Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins thing the Intercontinental title. He's got the money in the bank at the time. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? You can play around with that quite a bit. I think wrestling's 2020, hindsight's 2020, however you want to frame it. The Undertaker streak does not end with Brock Lesnar because Brock can just beat The Undertaker at Extreme Rules afterward. And by the time we get to WrestleMania 31, Brock's going to look fine and he can fight Roman Reigns in just a regular match. Maybe just a blood feud type of thing. Doesn't have to be for the title. Doesn't have to be this whole setup where you need Seth Rollins to bail you out with the money in the bank. And that was a great moment. But we talked about it earlier. What did we get out of it? Roman didn't beat Brock. So the Undertaker heat dissipated. We waited two more year, three more years at that point. WrestleMania 34. Reigns still doesn't beat Brock. You wait a couple more months and eventually he beats Brock at SummerSlam. And by that point, nobody cares. And then Roman has to leave for his leukemia treatment stuff. And you put the belt back on Brock and we go back to square one. It goes over to Seth Rollins. We're back to square one again, so to, uh, so to speak. Brock Lesnar wins it. It goes back to Rollins. It goes back. To what You know, it's just, I feel like we've spent the past six years trying to get to the same direction of how do we pay off the Brock Lesnar Undertaker thing? And we never got it. So, Ultimately, even though Brock is in a great position, he could have been there anyways, Brock Lesnar. And you don't have to kill The Undertaker to do it. And while I agree with that, the alternative is the payoff is the fact that you can keep going to that Brock Lesnar bank. Brock Lesnar can give you something as strong as the streak, even after being defeated, because he's just Brock Lesnar. I think that uh, that's another little argument that could be made is uh, we're in an era where it's been said that WWE doesn't ever want anybody to be the big star because they want WWE to be the thing. So it's like we're never going to have somebody be potentially bigger than WWE. And if anybody over this course of these past bunch of years fits that bill, it's Brock. I think fundamentally, because I don't I don't want to get into the realm of fantasy booking, because in my mind, at the very least, when you talk about in hindsight, in hindsight, like wrestling is twenty twenty, should they have taken the should they taken the streak off the Undertaker and given it to Brock Lesnar? I can't just go, well, no, and then this is what I would do with Lesnar and Undertaker because I have to think what they would have done with Lesnar and Undertaker. So I'm I'm trying to put myself in their mindset of what they would have done if they had decided at the last minute to change it for the Undertaker winning. What 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 paths would each of them have taken? And Brock's one might have been fairly similar. Like you could still home squash Cena at SummerSlam and then maybe just head pretty much straight down the path that he ended up being on. The only difference with the Undertaker is that he has a streak intact and so he can fight people and put the streak on the line. 
and maybe some of the opponents would have been fairly similar. Like he might very well have faced Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 31. He might have faced. I still think he would have fought Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 32. Just because I don't know who they would have picked to face Shane McMahon instead. And I would argue the... that I I think Shane McMahon was almost like a Commissioner Gordon calling Batman. Holy shit, we have nobody. Hey, Shano, can you do a match? Because if you remember that year, everybody got hurt. Yeah, but I, I do agree with that, but we still have to take into mindset that they're still all going to get hurt. Can't change that. But so, I mean, you never know. Like I said, we could have had, um, that's the year we had Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose. We got uh, Zack Ryder wins the Intercontinental title. We got Kalisto defeats Ryback for the United States title. I don't fucking remember that. Wow. Yeah. Well, Jesus, wonder, that's low. <laughs> but my only question is like, how much of that changes just because Brock Lesnar didn't beat The Undertaker that it could change massively. It could just change nothing at all, other than just what their two parts took. It could change the entire framework of WWE for all we know, but we can't tell yeah. that far in terms of the hindsight. Thing. So I come down to the conclusion that because, and my mind says this, and maybe I'm just so pessimistic that I can't see the wood through the trees or whatever, but I don't think they would have given the streak to someone else and it worked well. Because I feel like they would have just given it to someone, and it would just be like a good, a big moment, sure, because they're all about moments. But it, I don't say it would have been forgotten about, but it wouldn't have led to them building the next big star of the entire company. It wouldn't have done. It, it would like I don't think it would have launched Roman Reigns superstardom. It wouldn't have helped Cena any more than anything that's already happened in his career. They would have fucked up Braun Strowman if they'd given it to him. And so I don't see who would be the right person to take it off of him. Or or would they handle would they handle it properly? I would probably say, based on the fact that I, for the most part, and I know Tony would disagree with me with this, for the most part, I've really enjoyed Brock Lesnar's run since WrestleMania 30. There were a few moments like the Dean Ambrose feud with Sheer and the uh, the last few months of his run with the Universal Championship, that that sec, that well, that Universal Championship reign that started by defeating Goldberg lasted way too long, and they should have taken it off him earlier. But those are things in hindsight I can look at and say, yeah, that you should have changed those things. But for the vast majority of it, I've enjoyed what Brock Lesnar's produced, and for the risk of that potentially changing due to him not defeating the Undertaker at WrestleMania, I don't feel it's worth it. So I would keep him defeating the Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. So you're on the no side. I am very <laughs> much on the opposite side because of my dislike it, of yeah. a lot of the things that have happened with Brock. So it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, I've always been in that mindset where I don't like the idea of time travel because you don't know if you're going to make things worse. And there's plenty of movies, mm. TV shows and stuff where people are like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to win the lottery because I'm poor. And then they're like, oh, crap, I won the lottery. And then I got in prison for this and this, you know, and let me go back and yeah. just have it the way that I want to appreciate my other life kind of a thing. This yeah. could be worse, but I feel like, uh, you know, if you're willing to change the past, it's because you don't like what it is right now. And I go, however, those six years, I'm okay with getting rid of the Goldberg feud. It didn't do much for me in the grand scheme of things. And it kind of screwed up the Kevin Owens stuff. And I'm okay with, 
getting rid of that year-long title reign from Brock. And worst-case scenario, Brock doesn't look as strong for me, but he's still before he even came back, he was still like, wow, Brock was a big thing. And I, I'd, I'd risk it. So I'm on the polar opposite end. I'm going full on. No, he doesn't beat undertaker's streak, which I means think, Rob. Oh, right, go ahead. Cal. I was just going to, I think also partly it's, it's partly a mix. Like what you said, I don't, I don't want to risk changing too much stuff going forward. So maybe I'm being a bit like hesitant with that regard. I think it's also shaped by our fandoms as well. Yeah. You are a much bigger Undertaker fan than I am. I'm a much bigger Brock Lesnar fan than you are. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, on like the two yeah. extremes. And Rob, I mean, it's not like we're doing a Mount Rushmore thing where we have to figure out uh, the majority rules and we are going to go back in time. We don't have a time machine, so we can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, but if you're going to break the tie in one way or the other, or if you're going to be indecisive, then who knows. But I, I am... I'm almost in the middle because I'm going to say <laughs> no. I do not have Brock Lesnar in the street, but not because I, I I like what they've done with Lesnar, and I hope they find a way to still do a lot of what they've done with Lesnar, but I hate what they ended up doing with The Undertaker. So I think you have a better chance of saving face with Taker if he doesn't lose the streak. Imagine there's like a parallel universe going on right now where the three of us are having a conversation of, yeah, but wouldn't it be weird if Brock won? <laughs> and then there's well, me going, that'd be shit and all this other kind of stuff or something like. Well, I'll just round off with it, round off with this thing because you guys are both suggesting that the streak shouldn't have ended against Lesnar. So the, well, the, the two question, the two part question is, do you actually end the streak of the Undertaker and who do you have him lose against? I kind of feel like, depending on how things change at that point, <laughs> he fights Del Rio and Sheamus yeah. uh, in a, a match, and the winner fights Bam Neely and Ricky Ortiz and <laughs> Eric Escobar. Um, I kind of feel like if it if that changes that direction, and then we could potentially change the direction of Roman Reigns, maybe Roman Reigns doesn't get booed as much, and maybe he does get over in a better way, or maybe they go in the direction that they could have gone in when Roman was starting to get booed and they actually turn him heel. And depending on the scenarios, cause I would have uh sting versus undertaker. That would have been a priority for me. I would have been like, Oh my God, you, you have sting in here. You're doing sting undertaker. And um, I wouldn't have had sting beat undertaker. That's a guarantee. Undertaker would have won Cena. And Taker, I feel if the streak is intact, that gives a lot of people a lot of time to go, oh, it's John Cena, though. They might have that happen. And Undertaker beats him. Undertaker beats Wyatt, as I mentioned before. I really feel like the only person that I would consider, depending on if things change with Brian and things change with Ambrose, blah, blah, blah. Roman would be the only one that I would think could potentially do that. And... Mm if you get heel Roman in there, that might be tempting. Now, when you throw out that scenario, and I think about the per the match itself wasn't good, but Taker leaving his stuff in the ring, and then the very next night of yeah. Yeah, however many thousand people said, fuck you, Roman, and then he just goes, it's my yard now. If you keep that same energy... 
and you actually turn Roman heel, and then it becomes okay. Now we need to find a full time baby face to kick the shit out of Roman Reigns. I might throw out a strong argument for Roman. But then I think of what Callum said, and there's no fucking guarantee that this company would, you know, have that sense of being. Yeah, that, that that's obviously my biggest stumbling block. But I do, I am in agreement, at the very least, that consider it, let's, let's try and look like, like the glass half full approach, but they don't fuck the guy up who beats the Undertaker streak. <laughs> the best person to do it would be a heel Roman Reigns. All right, so what if we go with Baron Corbin, though? <laughs> <laughs> what, on the no. same night that he ends up Kurt Angle's career as well, just to have yeah, like a he, double, he runs the gauntlet. To... You know, Brian beat uh, Triple H, and then Orton and Batista, Baron Corbin competing Angle, and then... <laughs> no, yeah. hell no, I'm so not he, with that he, he, he retires Kurt Angle, beats him on a take streak, and then pisses in a woman's open mouth in the red <laughs> <laughs> And he finally has all the heat that he could possibly want. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you know another parallel universe. We're talking about that match and going. Well, should he have pissed in that person's mouth and stuff? Yeah, t- t- completely took away from the streak. <laughs> like, only talking about the piss in the mouth. <laughs> and in that universe, it's like, well, should it have been AJ Lee because she's still stuck around, or is it Paige, or is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's that's a whole uh, lot of rope to unravel of where do you go in different directions and how do you go from there and I mean who knows what would have changed but we got one vote for yes the streak stays the same and two votes for no one of them being a whole fantasy booking scenario that I've got in my mind and the other one being a little bit more of a hesitant no but we all do kind of come to the agreement that uh, if we could kind of steer the ship after that to a heel Roman beating Undertaker, that we'd be cool with that. I think probably. I would say that that would be the best route to go. Otherwise, you just play it safe, and Cena ends his career in Dallas, and it's Cena, and they're gonna shit on him anyway. But at least you're playing it safe. And I think one other thing we'd also, I don't want to say like totally agree on, but at least from my perspective, if you don't have him land the streak here and you wait a couple of years down the line, him losing the streak should be his final match, considering what we know what happens to the Undertaker after he loses yeah. the streak. That he shouldn't just come back for the money and all of that other stuff because he's tarnishing his legacy a little bit. Yeah, is anybody really going to be that upset that we don't get the... The match with um, Goldberg. The, the Rusev yeah. match? The Rusev thing, the the Goldberg match, the, the tag team match with Bray DX, Wyatt and Luke Harper, where yeah. uh, Kane's mask falls off and all that. Like mm. you know, th- that stuff. I'm willing to sacrifice some of that stuff too. And that visual of that Undertaker thing, uh, putting the the hat and the coat down, and then it's my yard now and all that. That's one of my favorite moments from the past bunch of years. Even though it's an Undertaker loss, I'm still just like, oh my god, this is great with the fucking heat. And yeah, I think that that's the direction I'd want to go with the, of course, benefit of hindsight and time travel and creative control. Because even if we went back in time and we just sat there and rewatched the whole thing again and went, no, I still can't control WWE, then it's not, (laughs) you know. The shitty thing is now, 
they still have to book an Undertaker farewell. Yeah, I don't even know what they do at this point. Who knows? I just Maybe want them in... to get to Survivor Series this year. And That's the there. 30, 30, right? It's 30. Maybe that is when they end that. And maybe by the time that we get around to uh, talking about WrestleMania next year or past Survivor Series, maybe they do something like that and we just go, all right, wrestling's 2020. Should Undertaker have retired at Survivor Series against uh, uh, Tony Nese? <laughs> Whatever they end up doing. <laughs> Pretty sure it's not going to be Tony Nese that ends up doing that, but you never know. Uh, I did not plug anything throughout this whole thing. I was too much into this conversation. So yeah, this is fun. Yeah. Um, I guess one plug is to tell us what you thought about this. What do you like about the concept? What do you think that we can change up a little bit? And, uh, you know, for future editions, what different topics would you like to hear us talk about? So drop a comment there. Of course, as I mentioned before, drop your comments and tell us your ideas of what you would do if you would do anything at all. Maybe you wouldn't do anything. Uh, maybe you're just cool with everything the way that it went, and that's the end of that. But if you want us to do more of this particular topic or of anything in you know the whole wide range of Smart Out Moment with the different gimmicks or you want us to kind of create some new gimmicks or something like that, Hit up the Patreon because that is a great means to motivate us to have the time to be able to do these kind of things and set aside all that, uh, the resources and everything. And the way to know that you get the thing that you're actually asking for is the pick your poison tier. But if you're not able to afford that high up on the tier, it's totally understandable. And if you want to help out different other ways and get some other kinds of things out there, even a buck goes a long way especially with the more and more people that do that, you know, a little bit of uh, stuff from a lot of people is actually even better than a lot from a little people. I'm not talking about height. So it's not rise above size. I'm not talking Chad Gable here, but if Shorty G wants to donate five bucks for ad block forgiveness, or, you know, you want to get access to that dark cast tier for the $10 tier, then you get some extra bonus feature stuff. That's Patreon exclusive. And there's also the mailbag priority because we just recently did the mailbag for quarter one of 2020. And we're not going to do that again until around April. And since then, we've already gotten a couple different questions for the mailbag. And yeah, we're not going to get around to that for the next couple of months. But maybe you really, really want us to answer that stuff before Elimination Chamber comes around or before Super Showdown or something like that. And if that's the case, you donate to the mailbag priority tier and then it'll be addressed in a dark cast or potentially even a video on the regular YouTube or any other, other kind of things like that. So keep that in mind and donate if you've got the spare change and if you want to help us grow. And another way that you can do that and you actually have something physical to hold out of the mix is the merchandise tier, uh, tiers, merchandise shops for Public and Redbubble. So if you want to look at the designs for Smart Out Moment on either of those sites or the A Mango Tees or the Fanboys Anonymous shops, and if you want to pick up a shirt or a mug or magnet stickers, whatever it is, then go ahead and do that because that's awesome too. Fanboys Anonymous, if you don't know, is the website that I have for movie reviews and geek culture topics outside of pro wrestling. And if that's something that you're interested in, go check out Fanboys Anonymous. I've got the Week in Geek stuff that I do every week. That's kind of the point. And the Oscars are coming up. I'm trying to watch some of these Oscars movies. I'm actually going to hopefully watch Parasite tomorrow. And I don't think I'm going to do like a specific review of that. I didn't bother doing a review of 1917, but 
you know, if you really want to see stuff like that or more, then there's the Patreon for Fanboys Anonymous. So keep that in mind. Follow that Facebook and Twitter and YouTube channel. Subscribe all over the place there and hit up that website. And do the same thing that you'd be doing for Smartout Moment. So that's a lot of the plugs out of the way. Not all of them, but I want to give these guys a chance to talk about their stuff too. So, Callum? I'll be pretty quick then. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Wibmeister14 and check out all the weekly articles on smartcomnormal.com, including the power rankings, which is my contribution. It's the post-Royal Rumble power rankings, so there's been a lot of change at the top. Quite a lot of change all over the place, really. So, But if you want to find out who's number one, Drew McIntyre, you'll have to read it. Oh, or you can just listen to that point if you manage to pick it up in the very quick way that I was talking. So, yeah, pass it over to Rob now. All right, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DudeFleece. You can check out everything I'm doing at Fightful.com on the weekends. And during the week, I'm over at WrestleZone.com. And you can just follow me everywhere and click around. And I'm sure you'll see my name on an article at somewhere during the week. And as far as what we've got cooking that, you know, things to keep in mind, Again, we you guys are going to be hearing this on probably Wednesday or so, and we were recording this on the Saturday prior to that. So you should have already had the hot tags by now. God knows what we were talking about. I know we have a couple topics already in mind, and um, I don't even know if it's just me or if it's me and Rob or you know when it even gets posted, but we'll see. Um, this is the main event for this week. Yet maybe we'll have a chance to do a dark cast or something, and maybe we'll do some other stuff going forward. But at the very least, we do know that there are some plans uh, coming up that you guys should be aware of. One of them being the fact that we've got pay-per-views. So in typical fashion, there are a bunch of them that we need to break down over the coming weeks. One of them being NXT TakeOver Portland. And that's going to be the next one coming up on the 16th, if I remember correctly. So we're going to have our predictions prior to that. Then after that, we've got a little bit of a blank week sort of scenario. It's kind of one of those awkward situations where we don't really have the means to do what I th- would rather do because we do have a double pay-per-view the following week after that. That's going to be on the 26th or the 27th. It's going to be super showdown. And on the 29th, we have AEW revolution. So somehow we're going to have to cram that in there. And the week prior to that, around the 19th or so, I don't know what we're going to do. But as I mentioned with the Patreon stuff, if you have donated to the Patreon, Guest 5, for example, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure you are, uh, maybe around that week is when we'll take care of the Patreon requests and maybe do some other kind of stuff. So if that ends up being a blank week where we don't know exactly what direction we're going to go, Try to think of some topics. What do you like to see us do? We'll keep that in mind. Going forward after that, we've got the Elimination Chamber, and then we've got another whole question mark sort of thing leading up to WrestleMania, where at some point we're going to do Wrestling with the Past Hall of Fame. At some point we're going to do the usual WrestleMania-type material. Then we're going to do TakeOver and Mania and all that other kind of stuff. But throughout the course of February, leading up into March and then executing throughout March, we also have the Smark Madness Tournament. And we're trying to figure out that right now what the direction is for that. It seems like the current poll results are leaning towards best WWE superstar of the decade. 
and a couple other options that we have in mind, but you can vote on on the Mega Maniacs Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash the Mega Maniacs, is uh, the best big man in WWE history, the best manager of all time, the best people on the mic, like the best promo people, talkers, that kind of thing, or even the best pay-per-view name, just, you know, titles of events. Do you really like the name Clash of Champions, or are you like me, where you hate the names Great Balls of Fire and Payback and whatever? couple different ideas. Uh, nobody's voted for the best promo talker, so we're probably not going to go in that direction. But yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll be happening soon. All these things are happening. So if you just keep following Smart Cat Moment and all the other things we've got going on, then you'll be aware of whatever happens when it happens. But follow us all over the place and subscribe and do all that kind of stuff. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. But for now, this has been another Smart Cat Moment. And we're being counted out.